In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we hear some of the Apostle Paul's words about signs and wisdom, specifically the wisdom of the world. If you spend any time at all engaged with the many electronic ways that we learn about what's happening in the world, you're probably well acquainted with the current wisdom of the world. It goes something like this. The one who doesn't look like you or believes differently than you do is your enemy. It's more important to look out for your own than to care for people in need. You can't be this or do that and still be a Christian. The wisdom of the world seems to be mostly about power, self-promotion, and self-preservation. It's full of distrust. It lacks faith in the goodness of others, and especially lacks faith in the goodness of God. We hear this wisdom all the time. We're surrounded by the opinions of the famous, the infamous, and our internet friends telling us how we should behave, how we can get ahead, how we can win. These pushy voices vying for our attention can be overwhelming, especially when pandemic-induced anxiety is ever-present. But we realize there is very little true wisdom to be found doom-scrolling through our social media feeds. Speaking of wisdom, the Apostle Paul says the Greeks desire wisdom. Of course, it's not just them. Most people desire wisdom. We keep reading, we keep scrolling, looking for it. Seminarians like me read dozens of books a year, and many of you do the same in your quest for spiritual growth. Most of these books contain lots of amazing, important, and formative ideas. We learn about the ways the mothers and fathers of the early church thought about God. We read tales of intense disputes over theological and liturgical minutiae. We study accounts of successful leadership in times of crisis and massive change, but we can still come away feeling a little bit empty because in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. What is our seemingly foolish proclamation? Well, we say some form of it each time we celebrate the Eucharist. These days at All Saints, we're saying Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. It is the mystery of our faith. It is this foolishness that Jesus offers as a sign when the Jews request one of him. They want to know how he can prove he has the right to purge the temple of the merchants and the money changers and all the animals. He simply tells them, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. It's foolishness. Nobody knows what he's talking about until after the fact. Yet, it's a sign. It's the sign, as a matter of fact. Jesus's resurrection is the sign that God is making all things new, the sign that God hasn't given up on creation. 
there's more to come. Well, believing there's more to come, believing that God can and will use us to make things better on earth seems more than a little like foolishness these days. It's hard to have faith that all things are being made new and to affirm that Christ will come again as we arrive at this anniversary of a pandemic that has claimed so many lives and crushed so many hopes and dreams. Yet, this is our foolish proclamation of wisdom. Jesus' resurrection is the sign, and we are called by God to be witnesses to these miracles, to live in a way that testifies to them. That's especially hard to do with so much pressure these days and, and the way we're feeling having been in this pandemic for so long. So I suspect that most of us could use a little extra divine assistance to boldly proclaim Christ crucified and risen during these difficult times. I think an awareness of the renewal of all things is a good place to find this encouragement. And I suspect that this recreation that God is all about starts with us and maybe a little house cleaning. I know that I could benefit from Jesus flipping a few tables in my own heart. And there are definitely some things in residence there that could stand to be chased out with a whip of cords. The Holy Spirit tends to bring these things to mind between the words, let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor and the beginning of the prayer of confession. While those few silent seconds can be uncomfortable, I'm grateful for them all the same, because thanks to all that Jesus has done for us, that miraculous sign, I'm assured of God's abundant forgiveness and God's boundless love. So acknowledging our sin, we accept God's forgiveness. The Holy Spirit moves in our hearts, helping us to change our ways, shaping us to be more like Jesus. As we continue to journey towards Easter and the glorious vigil where we can say the A word again, let's find solace and strength in the fact that God sent Jesus, the power of God and the wisdom of God through his blessed mother to live and die as one of us. He rose again and will come again. What greater sign can we ask for? What greater wisdom is there? Come, Lord Jesus, dwell in our hearts. Flip some tables. Lead us through these dark days to true repentance and to your kingdom. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.